Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Perfect Seven Podcast. I am your host, Sydney Chandler Monet, and today I have an amazing trailblazer with me, Benjamin Wong. Quick story. When I was in eighth grade, I had a teacher, and I also like knew a Benjamin, or his last name was Benjamin, and she liked to call him Benjamin, and I thought it was the funniest thing ever. So I think that might be my new nickname for you. But welcome to the show, Ben. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, so excited to talk to you today. Of course. So why don't you tell us uh, what you do? And you know, you guys, I have done my research. This guy is crazy smart and just doing things in the community that I like to reflect on and that I want to bring onto my podcast, which is why I have him on here today. And also he's 15. He's he's 15. I would like you guys to take note of that. So go ahead. Share share with them like what you do. Share with them. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm Ben Wong, 15 uh, from Los Angeles, California. And I do, I do a few things. So one, I'm a podcaster, host of Young Chef Podcast, Two Kids on the Block in the Kids yes. CEO Podcast. <laughs> um, and then I'm also the CEO of Kids CEO Media. And so we do a lot there in community with kid entrepreneurs and really helping everyone who's a kid podcaster, kid philanthropist, anything kid related who's going out of their way to, to get ahead of the game and really helping to encourage more kids in the community and also helping those who've taken initiative and helping them take it to the next level. Wow, that is really impressive. And, you know, at your age as well. And also, we have another teen podcast for you guys, which is really exciting to me. I think you're my first official teen podcaster who, like, has their own show because I've had, you know, other students on that have their own things going on as well. But we could be twins now. <laughs> so on the tech side of things, you also go into and teach people about NFTs. Why don't you explain to them what an NFT is? <laughs> yeah, yeah non-fungible tokens. Um, so, so basically, I kind of dabble a little bit there. I, I have a project coming up called Kid CEO Heroes that really goes into depth of exploring what NFTs can do with, with philanthropy. But I guess, first things first, what are NFTs? So NFTs, non-fungible tokens, are essentially a piece of media. So it could be this picture of me and you talking. It could be the video of me and you talking. It could be the audio of me and you talking. Uh, it could be a GIF of, mm-hmm. of me saying something. And mm-hmm. essentially a piece of media that is then minted on the blockchain. So basically you're taking something that's digital and like officiating, creating a digital version on the public blockchain. And so that official version, you can't duplicate it and it can be bought and sold. Wow. And again, like, Whenever I think of like NFTs or something like that, because I never really heard about it before. I think I remember like hearing it online and it was like, these are this top 10 celebrities who have the most NFTs. And I'm like, yeah. that doesn't make any sense to me. To me, like I put it in a sense of like cryptocurrency and like stocks and things like that, which I think it's kind of in the realm of, and you know, like trying to get profit that way and like off of pixels and things like that, which I think is so cool how we're able to expand yeah. and make money off of a dot on our screen but you know that's I think that's the way that technology is advancing and things like that so I'm really glad that you're teaching people how to use NFTs and like how it can be beneficial for them so what do you think young entrepreneurs should know before getting involved with NFTs like are there any rules that they should know like advance if they want to get into that realm yeah so you know the the concept of NFTs is a very broad thing because you can use NFTs to really replace a lot of a lot of real world how things work so like you could use you could replace mortgages you know how you buy a house you could replace that with the nft 
one day when we're all grown up, we could sell our house as an NFT. And mm -hmm. then you don't have to pay, you know, a few thousand dollars to the mortgage company. You could just buy the NFT at my house and then mm -hmm. write in the smart contract, all the rules and stuff. And so you get my house. So the idea of NFTs is a really broad thing. Uh, but right now, the two main kind of categories is those who buy NFTs and then those who create NFTs. And I'll just look at it as, as a kid. So kids buying NFTs and kids uh, creating NFTs. So from the buying standpoint, I have kind of two rules for any kid who wants to buy an NFT. One, to make sure that you're playing with money that you can afford to lose. And preferably that money is money that you, you know, worked for. So not like your primary income, if you're working at McDonald's to get your college fund, I wouldn't use that money. But like if you're lawn mowing on the weekends, if you're selling lemonade, that's great money to buy a board mm -hmm. with. You know, a board ape is a few million dollars, but but to buy NFT with. And then the second role with buying NFT is to only buy NFTs that you have an emotional attachment to. I understand there's a lot of money making, profiting, like flipping NFTs and, you know, do what you will with that. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're really, really, really risky. And that's ending soon because then we're going to enter a more mature phase. So two roles. One, only play with money you can afford to lose. And two, make sure you have an emotional attachment to the NFT. So even if it goes to zero, you still have something that you really love and something that you're proud of. And then on creating NFTs, really, there's no really rules there. I mean, there are the like rules of the websites, you know, YouTube 18, right. account. but really with creating NFTs, you have unlimited freedom to play around, try out, do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's some really good advice. And, you know, like there's a lot of financial literacy stuff in there as well. And like, you know, spending your money well. And like, I had a friend tell me like, if you can buy it twice, then get it. You know, like, I think that is a really smart way to like handle your budget and things like that. So a little bit of financial literacy plays into that as well. So also like, as like a 17 year old, me at least, um, I'm like, you know, doing things my own terms and like, you know, trying to be my authentic self in the best way that I can and, you know, be a very open and accepting person while, while I'm here on the podcast. And that helps me align my decisions and like my goal making. So at what age did you hear your voice? And when did you decide that you wanted to live on your terms and not those around you? Yeah. So, I mean, I have to say, I've always been relatively like self, I had my own opinions on, on a lot of things mm -hmm. and you know, someone told me something I didn't agree with, I, I wouldn't, I would use my own opinion on that. I've always had a little bit of that in me, but in terms of like, like really, this is my life, this is no one else's life, that actually came relatively recently. I can't pinpoint a specific time, date, month, but that, you know, that came pretty recently, just, and it, it wasn't like a, uh, something I read in the book, it was more of an understanding that mm -hmm. my life at the end of the day, I want to do with it what I want to do with it. Um, and that involves self-independence, making my own decisions. So I, I can't pinpoint a day or time, but it, it was relatively recently that I gained that understanding. Wow. You know what? I'm the exact opposite. <laughs> when I was growing up, and I tell everyone this, but I was so extremely timid. Like I, if I had a book, I was set. Don't talk to me. i completely occupied with what I'm reading and you know it took like my mom and like people around me to push me and believe that you know my voice has purpose and that 
I can speak on whatever I want to speak on because you saying that like if you had an opinion about something and someone else has contradicted that and you know you would argue about like which side you thought was better I don't know but you know for me I wanted to be like the mediator and like the peacemaker so I didn't say anything (laughs) like if um someone was like if I was like, oh my gosh, I love that song. And someone was like, oh, I don't really love that song, song that much. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, it's, it's actually not that kind of, like I would do that all the time. <laughs> and it took a, a while for me to realize that like, I can like my own things and I can do my own things. I can wear what I want, and, you know, be who I am authentically. And, you know, just making sure that I'm staying true to like my morals and things like that. And I think it was around the time when I was probably, it was like May of 2020 when I truly realized like, this is my life and I have to live it on my terms. And yeah. so if I could give you any advice, it would just be to know that basically what you said, because you, honestly, you got it down already, but to anyone else, some advice, if it comes down to it, like it's you like and yourself at the end of the day, if it's something, if it's worth something that you're fighting for, if you're going through something or if you're with someone else and that they're doing things that they can't really stand up to or like you don't feel like it's worth it then you need to make the mental decision like can I keep going with this or can I just step out because the one thing about ourselves that we can really trust in is that we will always have ourselves like people in our lives will come and go but with ourselves like we're kind of stuck with it forever so learn to love yourself and learn how to make your own decisions and do things that make you truly happy yeah I mean at the end of the day like this is your life you have one life and at the end of the day, like I understand there's parent pressures, family pressures, friend pressures. At the end of the day, this is your life. Like the only Definitely. who who needs to be responsible for your life is you and your happiness. So exactly. like I said, I understand there's there's pressures from parents, from family members, from friends to, to be whatever, do whatever. At the end of the day, you have one life. This is your life. So you have to make your own calls on a lot of things. Uh, but that that sense of accountability is for the better definitely and he's talked about like pressure that you feel from like other people and things like that so as an entrepreneur do you like feel pressure at all in that way and you know for me I feel like it's kind of hard to separate like the work side of things from you know the personal side and you know making sure that I have a nice balance between when I'm getting stuff done and when I'm relaxing and because of that there's a lot of like anxiety and there's a lot of stress like built on top of that because like I feel like I'm working all the time because I'm not finding a good kind of balance between that so how has it been for you you know if, like if you have felt pressured as a teenage entrepreneur and you're trying to find a balance between the work stuff and the life stuff like how are you doing that yes I mean honestly I, I have very little work-life balance I mean, I'm homeschooled so I, I'm at home all day and and I work for most of my day on, on business and things like that mm-hmm. uh, my, my, my little sister actually a few weeks ago this was kind of funny she asked we were at the dinner table and I, I brought up something about business and she asked like do I ever not talk about business <laughs> so for me like I I honestly have few work-life balance uh because I do interviews late early you know everything kind of revolves around my personal brand if I'm up at you know six at the gym I still post that on my story do a, a program for kids CEO about that so mm-hmm. Have very much like work-life balance um but it's more just of like business for me is more of like a game uh, I don't you know feel it as work and, and I guess mm-hmm. also uh, being an entrepreneur 
I work for myself. So, you know, the, the only pressures that are set are set by myself. So, right. and, and I'm trying to get better at relaxing, taking time to not focus on business. And I have, I, I'm a big Rams fan. So I watch Rams games on the weekend, but um, that's kind of how my work life runs is, is, you know, I, I like what I do. Uh, I, I love what I do. I love running and interacting with people, interviews, you know, like this. And mm. so I don't have a huge amount of work-life balance, but, but I'm working on it. I'm working on getting a little bit. Right. I mean, you already seem like the most put together person that I've met. And so I, it already looks like that you have yourself together and things like that. But, you know, I can agree. And I think it's really interesting to hear your perspective as a homeschooled student, because someone like me who goes to like a college preparatory private school, a good 65% of my life is spent there, you know, doing rigorous work and following schedules and deadlines and things like that and being around people all the time and having this other expectation of being, you know, a scholar and doing things that, you know, people will be proud of me for and I will be proud of myself for, you know, going back to that living for yourself kind of thing. But, you know, I think that finding that work and life balance is really essential and imperative when it comes to, you know, mental health, which is really good segue into my next question for you about like, for me, mental health is very important. And I think can be a little bit hypocritical about that sometimes because I'm like, if people come to me, because I can sometimes be like the therapy friend and I'm like, you know, you need to do this and you this, like, you know, take some time off. And like, I'm so quick to be able to do that for other people. But for myself, like sometimes it takes me a minute to remember like, hey, like you need to value your mind and body as well. So definitely a New Year's resolution that I can work on. But (laughs) for you, like what about mental health is important? And, you know, do do you do any like self-care habits or any kind of routine that kind of keeps you in the positive zone? Like if so, like share that with us. Yeah, so mental health is a, a big thing. It's something that uh, has come up more in my life now that I'm really trying to focus on. And mm-hmm. so I would, you know, first say I exclude, even I talk about mental health, you know, like depression and all those type of things, because those are like, a different level. But, but mm-hmm. where I kind of focus on mental health is, is, you know, like complaining, gratitude, things like that. So like problems that, that people, negativity and a lot of that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I, for me, it's relatively simple where my mental health, uh, I'm very fortunate to have pretty good mental health. And a lot of that revolves around, you know, doing what I love a lot. Uh, I think that's like one of the easiest ways to, and again, excluding, you know, depression, anxiety, those type of things. But in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, I'm good to going, you know, great. Starts with just doing what you love every day. And then of course, you know, I go to the gym every day. I'm not in the gym right now. So, so uh, that's, that's another part of it that keeps me sane, but, but just think of that, but it, it all starts with, you know, doing what you love, uh, add in some gratitude, compassion, kindness, and it'll go a long way towards making you a, a much, much happier person. Wow. That is some good advice that I'm definitely going to take for myself. And, you know, I appreciate you wanting to be setting on one thing, you know, cause like mental health can be a million things and how you're saying you want to focus on the positivity versus the negativity part. And then the things about like depression, anxiety, and like someone who experienced depression and anxiety, like myself, it is really important for me to find that level of like, this is where I need to, you know, yeah. take time for myself. And, you know, um, for my faith and things like that, there's like times where God is just like, Sydney, stop. (laughs) And like, he'll make me like, you know, be able to take a rest because I'm one of those people who 
I can really push myself beyond my boundaries. And I'll be like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And then I'll go over a certain limit. And then my body would just shut down. And this has happened multiple, multiple times. And then I'm finally realizing like, this is a pattern, Sydney, let's, (laughs) let's get out of it, you know? And so finding that positivity, which is something that I can do as well. And being grateful for things, you know, waking up, I like to think of like, maybe like five things that I can be grateful for, like, you know, being able to walk, being able to breathe, being able to see my parents, being able to see my siblings and things like that. And just finding that throughout my day to kind of keep me in that positive zone. So I'm glad that you're really focusing on that and really promoting how like doing what you love is something that is really important when it comes to being an entrepreneur or like anything like that. So I'm really proud that you're really noticing that at a, at a younger age. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really important because, you know, your, your mental health is, is, I think, one of the, if not the biggest priority that you Definitely. have. Everything Definitely. in the world, but, you know, there could still be some, some darkness inside of you. So it's a, it's a really important subject. Um, you know, it's becoming more important every day. So, so really something I want to emphasize to everyone um, about the importance of mental health. It's, you know, take your health, mental health, physical health is, is way more important than business or career. And exactly. you just think that a lot of people need to, need to really understand, especially young people. Definitely. I completely agree. And again, I thank you so much for your input on that and, you know, saying how important mental health is in our lives and how we need to involve it in our, in our everyday routines and things like that. But thank you so much, Ben, for joining me thus far. I really loved this first half of our interview and we'll be right back after this break. Hi everyone, my name is Asia. I'm a senior at Elizabeth Seton High School and we are back for our second season of Let's Keep It Moving on the podcast. We're back to bring you information on STEM careers, programs, scholarships, and STEM competitions to win prizes. Now, would you like to win a cash gift card of up to $100? Because I know I would. So check us out for our second season. Hi everyone, this is Holland, a first year at Spelman College. And today we have a new member that will be joining us to talk about esports, tournaments, and STEM careers. Welcome, Justin. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hey everybody, my name is Justin Graves. I'm a current freshman at the University of Maryland, and I serve as a Patriots esports program director. I'm super excited to be here on the second season of the show. We're so glad to have you on the team with us for our second season. And for our listeners, make sure to tune in on Fridays at 12 p.m. Let's keep it moving on the podcast. Hey, this is Sydney Chalonet, and I'm so excited to share with you my international podcast, Perfect Timing, that'll be broadcasted on Mondays at 2 p.m. through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and so much more. We will have outstanding guests that'll talk about their passions, goals, and dreams. Make sure you tune in and have a seat at the table where we will create a voice for us every Monday at 2 p.m. This is Sydney Collins of Perfect Timing. Welcome back, everyone. Again, I'm back here with Benjamin Wong, and he is just being an amazing kid entrepreneur and someone that I think I can look to, even though he's younger than me, and just proving us that we can be who we want to be and being ourselves and authentic and 
putting ahead that mental health and as we talked about in their previous segment. So let's get straight back into it. So heading back into, you know, what you do for your entrepreneur, entrepreneurship, excuse me, and like what you do with your work and things like that. People are always like, I want to be able to make my own money, but I want it to be fun. And I want to enjoy what I'm doing while I'm making that money. So what do you say to that? And like, how can people do you think make that money without having to feel stressed out and, you know, feeling like they can't really enjoy themselves while doing that? So how do you think you go about that? (laughs) Yeah. And I really think that everyone has one or two, maybe three things that that come naturally to them that are that are really fun. So like, I am terrible at swimming. Even if you paid me a million dollars to be like a professional swimmer, I, I probably wouldn't have very much fun in it. I wouldn't do it. But you know, in in business, running a podcast or uh, creating NFT projects, you know, going garage selling, those are all things that I find really fun. Uh, so I think the key to making money while having fun is one, take the money part about, take the money part of it out of it and try out a bunch of different things, you know, try lawn mowing on the weekends, try going to garage sales, try, maybe try starting a company, maybe try creating a podcast, a blog and take the money part of it out of it first and just experiment and see what you love doing. And then, so for me, it was business, it was podcasting, it was garage sales and a few things. And take the business, take the money part out of it. What do you enjoy doing anyways? Okay, even if there was no money involved, what would you enjoy doing? Maybe for you, Cindy, it's podcasting. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that in today's digital age, you can really make money any, any. You could make money from from reviewing sweatshirts. You can make money from reviewing hats. You can make money from collecting collecting rocks, you know? And so- Honestly, yeah. For, for how to make money while having fun, take the money part out of it, find what, what is fun to you anyways, and then utilize digital tools like social media, maybe even NFTs to make, to find a way to monetize that. Definitely. And I agree with that, you know, taking the money part out of it. I always hear, you know, take the, it's like you, you're, don't do your passion for money, do your passion and the money will come in for you. And so, I think that is something that a lot of people could implement into their work lives and like something that they really are passionate about doing and they love it so much that they're able to make money off of that. So I definitely agree with you on that hand, but also we're now in 2022, which is still taking me a minute to process, you know, and it felt like it's, it felt like it was coming way too fast, but we're talking about New Year's resolutions and things like that. So do you have a couple that you could share with us about setting realistic goals and like being a teen and, you know, having a lot of pressure around us, especially during this digital age, like you said, and like having virtual school and, you know, doing things like that. So how do you balance like the simple like goals and like the really like reachable goals or dare I say outlandish? (laughs) Yeah. So I like personally set very high goals for myself. Um, But my biggest thing setting goals is, for example, a lot of people on social media will count their goals by how many followers they get. So I want to have a million subscribers by the end, end of the month or end of the year. You know, the, the thing there, though, is, is why one million, right? Why not making it a hundred, a thousand? You know, mm-hmm. number, number goals are, are very random. Why do you need to be a billionaire? But it's funny. 
you know, exactly. like thousand. So, so my biggest thing is setting big goals, but that aren't limited by these numbers. So, you know, a goal for me one day might be to, to own, own this house, you know, because I've always wanted this house. I want to own it, but I, I don't have a time date on that. It, I think the thing there is loving the process. So set mm -hmm. goals that, that maybe are attractive. I want to own this $500 million house. I'm not going to set a time limit for, or, or how, you know, I'm not going to set a time limit for myself. I don't need to own this house by 25, by 30, by 40. And then if you, you love the progress, you know, you love the journey there. So for me, the journey to that huge house probably will be business, you know, maybe NFTs, whatever. And I love that. So when you kind of combine loving the journey with liking the, the result or maybe even loving the result, that's when you kind of hit your sweet spot. Of, and and the, the object of goals is to accomplish things. And so by setting these goals and loving the journey, you are, you are probably going to get closer to them and you're also going to be a lot happier, you know, loving the journey. Definitely. And that plays a lot into like my mantra, like one of them being like, being in the present and things like that. And, you know, like you said, like enjoying the journey on the way there. And, you know, yeah. it's really nice to have amazing goals that are like up there and like they're, you know, when people say like dream until they call you crazy, that stuff is true, guys, you should do that. But, you know, yeah. like making sure that you're enjoying the process along the way and like not really rushing it. And I feel like a lot of that is influenced by social media. And, you know, you see someone post, I'm 21 years old and I just bought my own Mercedes Benz, or I am, I'm 19 years old and I just bought my first apartment. That stuff is great for them. Amazing for them. But then we look at ourselves and we're like, dang, I want to be 19. I want to be 16 and have my own apartment. And, you know, that's just the way that society kind of is right now. And it's kind of sad a little bit, but, you know, I think when you find a good balance between that and knowing that enjoying the process and getting the journey and doing things on your time and on your terms, definitely will make it better and a happier experience for you as well. And, you know, I'm guilty for being one of those people that, you know, rely, not, I wouldn't say rely, but like looks at the numbers and I'm like, I could do like, I want these, this many more. And, you know, I was one of those people and it took a lot of me to be like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, as long as I'm enjoying myself along the way, I can do and promote and, you know, be who I want to be on social media and have a good presence that I think other people would also enjoy. So I completely agree, agree with you on that point as well. Yeah, and it's a very interesting thing because oftentimes traditional goals, so I think the most traditional goals for a lot of entrepreneurs out there is follower count, uh, revenue, you know, these type of things because they're mm -hmm. easily trackable, they're, they're public, they make you look good. But mm -hmm. oftentimes, especially when we're young, the biggest positive consequences of what we can do aren't those traditional vanity metrics, right? Like, for example, on, on my kids' CEO podcast, which I did last year, we didn't hit a huge amount of followers, except or a huge amount of followers, listeners. Those are the traditional metrics for a podcast is successful when they have more, the most listens. Mm -hmm. You know, but actually, the Kids CEO podcast was wildly successful because while it didn't hit these traditional vanity metrics, it didn't hit a million listeners. The people I met on that show have changed my life. Literally, right. And so, social media, take that. Right now, the biggest by far metric for success on social media is having the most followers, right? Mm -hmm. But then, would you rather have 100 followers? 
but have like 30 of them become so close to you, so loyal, so, you know, build that bond between them or have a million, but like there's like two people who actually mm-hmm. care about you. So like right. the, the problem, you know, with, with setting those type of goals of a follower counts or, or revenue or, or profit, they're, they're vanity metrics. And oftentimes, especially as kids, the biggest consequences of what you do are not going to be evident there. They're going to be evident in the people you meet in, in other type of- Definitely. They're, they're not quantitative metrics. Right. And I'm really glad that we can relate on that way about how like the people that we meet, like people like you and people that I've met, you know, in the almost two years, which I, which is crazy, I get to say, like years that I've been doing this podcast, the people that I met have been remarkable. And yeah. it has like, you know, the networking and the people that really truly support me. It's, it's, it's amazing, which is why I've wanted to do this so much and why I actually find a joy in something that I didn't think I'd be able to do a couple of years ago and, you know, finding that self-confidence to do that. But in your podcast, I was, I actually was listening to an episode earlier and you were interviewing these people that have their own like small businesses. And I loved, I might borrow that idea, you know, bring a couple of people on and, you know, talk about the things that they're doing. I think, I thought their stories were very inspirational and that I was really enticed by, I'm sorry, what was that? Which podcast? It was your recent one, the New Year's one. Ah, uh, the New Year's one, yeah. Yeah, Young Chef, right? The Young Chef. Right, right. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. And I really implore you guys, we're going to put all that information at the end of this podcast as well for you guys to follow that. But I truly implore you guys to go check out that podcast. But actually, let's talk about it. What do you talk about on your podcast? Obviously, I mentioned that you had kids come on and talk about their own small businesses. So what else goes into that? Yeah, so I, I have a few podcasts. Uh, Young Trap is one of them. I partnered with Kpreneurs.org and the amazing team over there to produce that podcast. And so basically that one's all about actionable advice. Uh, so there's some stories in the beginning. We had some you know, people like Evan Carmichael, Ethan Chan, the founder of Founder Magazine, uh, the founder of Pedigo, the bike company. So we had some, we had, we have some story episodes, but the, the big thing there was actionable advice. So this is like, like content that you would, you pay money at a seminar to go listen to mm-hmm. and bringing those type of guests and speakers onto the podcast that's directly you know pointed towards you so these are people like you know evan carmichael he has over like three million youtube subscribers and he does motivational stuff for entrepreneurs now we're bringing him on to do motivational stuff for young entrepreneurs and so that episode was one of my favorite of all time uh, but that's what we do with Young Chat. And then on Two Kids on the Block, my new podcast with 12-year-old uh, crypto, crypto coin kid, Camille Lafontaine. And we talk about cryptocurrency, NFTs, all that good stuff. A new episode mm-hmm. actually went out today. And so that's a weekly show where we discuss the, the world and crypto, NFTs, news, our suggestions for people, our predictions, hot takes. And then my Kids CEO podcast is basically, the Kids CEO podcast is a wild card. Uh, we could go there and there's a ton of things I talked about and that one just kind of was an evolution of how I changed over time and Mm -hmm. so the episodes reflected that Uh, and the last the last you know 10 20 30 episodes are probably the ones I'm most proud of especially when I interview kid entrepreneurs those are 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 one of of my favorite times that I've Mm -hmm. done in podcasting each episode is like we have music in the background. It's ed- heavily edited, like a storybook. But uh, right. that's what I do on, on the Good CEO podcast. 
Right. And it's really enjoyable actually. And, you know, like seeing how it's developed and like listening to it, I was like, this is really like enticing and like fun to listen to. And like, I'm actually enjoying like what they're talking about and things like that, you know, bringing in that more like youth kind of thing. And so our podcasts are kind of similar in that way where we bring on people that people would pay to listen to. So like a couple months ago, I had Raya Watson on and she is the founder of Scholarship Solutions. And so she helps teenagers or anyone from or that matter to get scholarships and, you know, go to school without and graduate without any debt, which I think is incredible. And so she gets paid to do that, but she decided to come on here and share some information with us for free, which I think is really a blessing and something that we're both really good at, you know, bringing people on and sharing that information as our as a way of getting people that uh, through our platforms and things like that. But I really enjoyed it. And I'm glad that you're able to be yourself and have fun. Like we've been saying this whole time about enjoying our work and doing what we're doing. Definitely. So what do you think is your biggest advice that you want to leave when any aspiring a leader who is, who sees you as their role model here on an international podcast, what would you say to them? Yeah. And I think, my advice is kind of a, a compilation of everything we talked about, which is the goal in life ultimately is to be happy. And once you realize that, that the goal of life isn't to look the best, the goal in life isn't to impress your parents or their friends the most, the goal in life isn't to, to have this huge amount of money, the goal in life isn't to buy that Lamborghini, the goal is happiness. And everyone has a different form of happiness for me right now, I'm pretty happy living my homeschool life and going to the gym and running businesses, doing interviews. But for you, that could be a, a very different thing. And so um, that that message, you could, you know, have a hundred takes off of that message of, of your own perception of it. But, but at the end of the day, my biggest advice is to live a life striving towards happiness, not vanity metrics, not looking the best, not trying to impress everyone live a life to be happy. Definitely. And I agree with that. And, you know, like what we've been saying this whole time about being authentic and living life on your own terms. I think that is something that we can all can implement into our own lives. So that's a good message. <laughs> yeah. So a, a very important thing, especially. Yeah. Definitely. So we are coming around to the end of our interview, which I'm really sad about, but before you leave, I like to do this thing called rapid fire questions. Yeah, so nice. They're not always rapid fire, but I like to call them that. So let's get straight into it. So what is your favorite movie or movie genre? I, that's a good question. Um, I actually, I did a, a rapid fire round last night on another kid podcast. Her name is Sam. Mm-hmm. And we did a rapid fire round. Um, I, I like just two genres or three, I, I would say. Okay. Uh, one like superhero movies. I don't know what genre that is. Marvel movies, particularly. Um, we have a Marvel so- fan, you guys. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> um, so superhero movies. I don't know what genre that is. Like action. Uh, I also like like documentary type series. You know, mm-hmm. like, docu series are cool. Yeah, Social Network or um, those or you know the Steve Jobs movie. Those mm-hmm. things are dramas, considered dramas. But um, I, I also kind of like rom coms. Uh, very, I like rom-coms too. You guys, he likes chicklets. <laughs> yeah, so those are three genres that I that I, I watch. Yeah. Wow. Did you see No Way Home? Yes, I did. <laughs> Tell me that wasn't the best movie ever. <laughs> it was a really cool movie. My my sister, uh, they never saw like any other 
Marvel movie, but the, like my older sister was crying. You know that part. Oh. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a really good movie. It, it was a good movie. It was. Uh, my next question. Uh, what is your favorite flavor of ice cream? Vanilla. <laughs> I know that's... that's, that's I uh, mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with a good vanilla cone. I agree. Vanilla is... You can't go wrong with it. You know, you can put blueberries, fruits on it to make it a little more interesting. But mm-hmm. no, it's just... It just is vanilla. Yeah. It, it is. <laughs> if you had any superpower, what would it be and why? It would be to to read minds. Actually, no, it wouldn't. That would be. I was gonna say no. Uh, I wouldn't uh, want that. <laughs> like, I think be able be able to like heal myself. That would be really cool. That's cool. Or probably yeah. heal other people. Yeah, heal, heal me and other people. I could like jump off a cliff and then just like heal myself up. You know, I wouldn't want to do that for fun, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna. Go over here and then i'll be able to nah not for me <laughs> are you more of a morning person or like a night person i'm i'm more of a morning person i've never like i just sleep over slept later than like 12 30. <laughs> i i yeah i cannot sleep very late like my body just won't let me so i don't think i'm a huge morning person either but i'm a much better uh yeah guy than a stay awake guy <laughs> yeah i'm like a mix of both like i Sometimes there's nights where like I can just stay up forever. Like if I'm with friends, like and we can talk for hours and hours. And there's like some mornings where like I want to get up at the crack of dawn and just start working. But so it's a good balance between yeah. that, I think. Yeah. And one last question for you would be: What is something that you cannot live without? My dog. <laughs> I can't. I'm, I guess that's a tricky question because you know. But but, but yeah, my my, my dog. Okay. Labrador cheaper. Um, yeah, I don't think Aww. I can really Yeah, I like dogs too. I'm a, I have two actually. One's a Maltese and one's a Maltese poodle. Lexi is one of them. I've had her forever. She's a little old lady now. Um, but I also like the thing is, is that I really like big dogs, and Lexi's like a tiny yep. girl. So, like, my I have a friend, she has like a German Shepherd. Love him. He's so sweet. <laughs> but thank you so much, Benjamin, for joining me. This has been such an amazing conversation of talking about what you do and uh, your entrepreneurship and things like that and how you are staying truly yourself in doing so. So before you leave, why don't you share with my listeners how they can reach you? Yes. Yeah, so my main platform is at Fisher Benjamin Long. I post a bunch of motivational quotes, uh, Instagram reels, how-tos, all the kind of stuff at official Benjamin Wong, but you can also go to my website, benjaminwong.co, and there's things to other, you know, social profiles, blog posts, and, and all that good stuff. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ben, again, for joining me, and thank you to my listeners for joining me as well, and this is Perfect Timing. Perfect Timing.